Hello, and welcome to the Clapped Out Moto Hour. Today on the show, we have Danny. Hey. Chris. Hey. Robert. Hey. And joining us from San Francisco, California, Oakland, California, which is next to San Francisco, California, Jamie and Amanda. Hello. Hello. Hey, thanks for coming in and joining the show. So uh, today we're talking marvelous minis. So we're talking all things 100cc there around or under and kind of talking about their history and mopeds. You know, I actually really don't know that much about mopeds, but Danny being our resident moped expert is going to kind of fill us in. So every week we start the show though, we usually talk about what is on the bench. So Danny, I want to hear how is it going with the Cub? It's the same. I well, not really. I, re- I thought I redid the wiring, didn't work, didn't get spark, and then I went to look at the um, flywheel, magneto, stator, all that stuff, and stripped like two bolts. So that was fun. Yikes. Um, so at this point, I, I think I'm gonna take it to Contiki and PB and just let them work their magic on it because I have reached the point where I don't want to deal with it anymore and I just want to ride it. So. <laughs> yeah definitely it can be wiring stuff can be super yeah. frustrating so you know you're just not getting spark at all not at all um yikes but other than that um depending if this migraine fully goes away i'm going to dig into a pook free spirit later i need to rebuild an engine and if i can find a cylinder kit that has not been seized up i will fully rebuild it and get another bike running Nice. nice. Just top end, or are you going to do, yep. in the cases, bearings and things? Full, full rebuild, which is a total of three bearings and three seals. Dang, so, you know, nice. it's going to take a really long time, like two <laughs> hours. That's sweet. That's honestly cool. Because, I mean, I guess there's comparatively to like a car or something, there's not that many bearings or seals in a motorcycle, but it always seems like I'm ordering a lot of stuff when I do a rebuild. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, ratio change at all? Or are we still. Um, no, not really. It's pretty much the same, like 60-40. Actually, yeah. I feel like it might be 70-30. I was looking at the bikes earlier, and I was like, I know that these run. <laughs> they, There's like, the one the one that's really down time. is like the Derby's down, because I still haven't finished that engine. Mm-hmm. I have a, a Pacer Super Sport, which I'm like in the process of fully restoring, so that one's down. And honestly, that's pretty much it so i'm gonna go 70 30 at this point honestly a respectable ratio cannot fault you there so robert what uh what's going on over there no changes so, um yeah i still have um i still have a half disassembled triumph motor sitting um i've kind of just been waiting for right now parts or sorry not parts for tools to kind of trickle in through the mail and it's the joy of working on a british bike uh, everything needs its own tool. So they're all coming. I have some cam gear pullers. A lot of gear pulling different, is involved. Um, different standard, yeah. It is a different standard. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I'm good on Whitworth stuff uh, for like bolts. It's mostly, right now it's like engine internals. Uh, so it's it's mostly pulling gears. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It'll get there. Uh, unchanged otherwise. Uh, Husky, <laughs> the Husky is still sitting looking at me. The Honda... Aww. We just we just avoid eye contact. <laughs> and uh, it's the the Honda that's the CL three fifty three sixty kind of 
mishmash. It's a different. It doesn't have no, it's other way around. So it's a it's less. a CL three fifty engine on a CB three fifty frame. Gotcha, gotcha. Because the yeah the three fifties um, are all more or less interchangeable around each other. Just it's just frame okay. differences. Um, the three fifty and three sixty are are different, are decidedly different years, and also hmm. the engines and frames aren't interchangeable. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's it's cool. a, yeah it's a three fifty it's 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 too close to running for me to focus <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah, that would be too it's, easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could spend one day and get it running, but instead I could spend six months uh, disassembling an entire motor, and that's just you know, it just sounds more fun. Yeah, right, right. Might as well just do the whole kit. Some people. Yeah, I feel. I was going to say, some people get into motorcycles for the riding, and some people get in for the work. And yeah, right. I was in it. I'm in it for the project. Wouldn't want to ride. Yeah, it's like you're like punishing yourself. I feel like it's almost like a puritanical thing. Yeah, like, yeah no, exactly. I couldn't, I couldn't ride that. No, 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 no. I'll just do the tough stuff. Yeah, instead. exactly. I'll just be raising barns. I, I'll, I'll be here. Don't worry about it. I mean, I have that CB, uh, the 400, the Hawk. And it's kind of the same thing where it's so close. It really does not need that much. Just a set of carbs and a couple of fluid flushes and things like that. Maybe pistons and rings, but it's, I don't know. It's pretty much complete. And I just, it just sits there. I'm like, eh, but I got it for free. So I don't really right. want to get rid of it, but it's just, uh, it's also, I should another... so yeah, because the, so the Husky I have right now is totally in crates. Um, and the Honda I've been through the entire motor. So I, I know that it's in, good shape i kind of need to pull the top end but other than that i know what's going on i think the appeal of the triumph right now is that it's it's still a mystery i may find all new things <laughs> wrong with it that i don't even know about uh and you know that really has some appeal to it <laughs> yeah you never know it's like a big old mystery box yeah That's fun. That's it's fun. a gift that keeps on giving god yeah, right. masochism damn i know i know <laughs> truly truly well, um, Amando, I actually saw you had a pretty interesting project at the top of the show. I don't think these guys have seen it because they came on a little later. I would really love to hear about that. What do you What do you got on the bench today? So it's not motorcycle related. It's for a sailboat that my dad and I have. It has an electric motor, but currently has uh, lead acid AGM batteries. Um, they are at the end of their life, so they're not holding a charge anymore. So as long as you have wind, you're good. But if you don't have wind, you can't really go anywhere. Um, so in short, we picked up some used Tesla modules from an auto recycler in the Sacramento area. And so I'm working on integrating a battery management system so that we can safely charge and use the batteries to not set stuff on fire. Sick. Uh, so we have a bench test going, you know, just seeing we are charging and that things aren't catching on fire. Nice. Nice. That's, yeah. That's Very good important. on a sailboat. I imagine it's good on a sailboat to not have things that catch on fire. I've heard that. I've heard that. That's a plus. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, very nice. cool. Very, very cool. How many, uh, what's like, this might be the wrong question. Robert can step in and maybe sure. ask the right question for me. But what's the general amp average that you can get out of that stack? So I think in terms of amp hours, oh, what was it? There's so it's like five kilowatt hours each. I forget how many amp hours they are. Let me see. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like five, five and some change in kilowatt hours, which okay. is I'm pulling up the data sheet. That's rough. That's a bond. Uh, two hundred thirty amp hours. Wow! Holy cow! 
And so uh, we have four of them that we're putting in series for like a nominal 72, 96 volt system. Okay. Which uh, oh, cool. gets a little scary. That's getting into high voltage yeah. territory. So you yeah. need to be a bit more careful with the wrench around it. Right. I can imagine. <laughs> and all that and also fingers. Um, but yeah, so like it's, it's going to be about 20 kilowatt hours of Dang. battery. So it's like a quarter of a test, what you would have in a Tesla. Oh, nice. Dang. And uh, so is that fed? Um, I imagine there's a way to charge it if you have like shore power or something, but yeah. is that, is that also hooked up to like a solar array or something? Uh, we don't have plans to hook it up to a solar array. It's just going to be charged on solar power. Cause we mainly do weekend shore sailing. Power. Uh, okay, yeah. Gotcha. yeah, short power. Yeah. What did I say? Solar. 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 <laughs> it's all good. Oh. <laughs> it's like interesting, a new type of power. Working in solar. Um, no. Yeah, the, the problem I have is finding a char a solar charge controller that can do a 72 or 96 uh, volt system. Right. A lot of stuff tops out at 48 volts. So if you're thinking about doing a, uh, an EV conversion or project, Think about 48 volts because there's a lot more stuff out there for it. Mm. <laughs> and I mean, it, I, it gets a lot more expensive when you get into the higher voltage stuff. Yeah, I've only with solar, I've only had experience doing 12. I mean, I had an inverter so you could run it up to 120, but I yeah. kind of we had that camper and I kind of rewired most of that stuff and, and learned a lot about, yeah, the limitations of, you know, solar and kind of what kind of converters you can use to what's what's sorry i'm forgetting what's the name that takes from the panel and charges the battery the yeah the the solar charge controller yeah charge controller right and yeah. it was like the cheapest harbor freight run it, it actually yeah. i mean it worked the whole time but it was definitely yeah. pretty chintzy yeah um, I, I could go on all day about solar <laughs> the at university i was on a solar car team and now i work at a solar tracker company so, so cool uh, electric like i guess if you were to have an electric vehicle expert that i would be the one <laughs> yeah i mean we've talked outside of the podcast a lot about doing ev we've talked ev a lot um, mm -hmm. about bikes because there's some there have been some interesting developments as of lately with ev bikes and there is a lot of discussion in the community about moving towards ev and a lot of like pushback a lot of people are really into it there's a lot of drama in the industry right now. So, you know, we, we will definitely be having an EV show at some point. We'll call you back for it. Because okay. I know I have no idea, like, the, the specifics. Robert's a lot better than me. But yeah. that stuff is, like, a mystery to me. So that's cool. That, that's So that's going to go on the sailboat, just hooked up yep. to shore power, recharge it, and then just use it for the, for the couple days or so that you're out or something like that. Yeah, I mean, usually we're just out for the day. We've cool. done overnights a few times, so it's mainly just to you know, get you in and out of the marina, uh, help you when you're anchoring or if you need to fight the tide or something. For sure. And the wind's not always blowing, so it's still nice to be able to get around and get out of the way of cargo ships. Yep, totally, totally. Um, yeah, Jamie, anything you've had on the bench? No, I'm bench. so excited because we get to say we have 100% working. Yes. <laughs> get out of here we with that. Get out of here. Amanda and I have <laughs> one shared motorcycle of a Honda Trail 90 um, yes. that Brad. is running. So. Yay. You win. You yeah. win the podcast. Mas. You win. Mas. Congratulations. It, it, it was not running well uh, like a month or so ago. And so 
I will say, like, every time, anytime I get a new motorcycle, I am immediately going to get a fresh battery and a spark plug. Yeah. Because it all went back to the spark plug. It was, I think, mm. fouled or something. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, the, the battery, I think I had killed it by letting it sit too long between riding it. Mm-hmm. And so it kept dying because it had a, a bad battery. And it's a six mm. volt system on the CT90. Yep. Mm. Um, and then I think the plug had gotten fouled or something. So. I tr- I literally rebuilt the carb and was adjusting like the screws and it wasn't getting any better. It, uh, I couldn't go to like a even three quarter throttle without it hesitating. Really? But I popped a new. I finally got a spark plug in there and it was like night and day. It's like yeah. oh, it actually runs fine. <laughs> yeah, I've even in in the time of like chopping plugs or you know like putting plugs in to read the jetting. So kind of you know, like, oh, am I running too rich, too lean, and tuning that using spark plugs or chopping plugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even gotten plugs that are just not good. Like, you'll yeah. you'll open up the throttle and it just doesn't fire as well. Uh, it just doesn't feel right. And then you'll put in another plug in it. You know, they're both brand new and it's, it feels better. So I've, I've definitely had that, you know. So, yeah, it, I don't know. I don't think spark yeah. plugs are. It, and I had been told this with, like, CT90s is, like, make sure you have, like, a fully charged battery. It yeah. does make a huge difference. Yeah, those and it, yeah, a lot I, of those six volt systems don't have a lot to start off with, even when they're in good shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually like got a an LED conversion kit that I installed, and like I have one more bulb that they gave me the wrong size, so I need to pop that in there. So I'm hoping that'll help things a little bit, just to take a little load off. The e- ease the load on the six volt battery. Mm-hmm. But I, I really want to put like a 12 volt lithium battery in there because lead acid sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're cheap, but they suck. Yeah. Yes, truly. Oh, I have a lithium in my 450, and it's a pretty nice lithium battery. It got me, well, I actually bought the bike with it. Um, mm-hmm. But man, that thing will crank and crank. And it's a really low output battery. So it's on basically a dirt bike, but it just cranks yeah. and cranks and cranks and cranks. You know, like. It will, it, I've never had it die under normal circumstances ever. It's, yeah. it's amazing how long they last. So yeah, no, it's good, good investments for sure. Chris, you're working on baby. I'm working on baby. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting bigger every single week at this point. True. So Can't it, confirm. it's painful. Um, 10 out of 10 would not recommend unless you're like ready for that. <laughs> um, what else am I working on? Oh, I'm working on socks I'm since I knit. So I'm working on nice. matching mama and me socks. Aww. So baby Aww. socks are done. Now it's time for mama socks. Baby socks I mean, took like an hour. It was <laughs> Technically, those will be riding gear. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's true. Jordan full has Full circle, plans. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jordan's There's got the a reason. set electric bike lineup oh, for like so bad year one to like yeah <laughs> i got egged on because there's a ki- there's a guy on the internet who's been like posting the progression and his daughter went from like balance bike and then he bought the o set that they're a small uh they're a trials bike you can get adult ones too but they're they're kind of known in the in the trials world as being for kids and the kid the little little kids one has like full power tuning like full everything like you can control the ignition curve the acceleration like everything exactly how you want it. it's got like three different settings so you, he turned them all super super low and so you can like crank on the throttle and it just barely goes you know it's centrifugal well it doesn't have a clutch because it's electrical 
So, you know, it, it's just super easy to ride. And he had a video of his daughter riding one at like one year old. And I'm like, I could do that. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm awesome. going to get the bike and I'm, see what happens. I'm looking at their their website, uh, just osetbikes.com. Mm-hmm. And it's even like on the main sort of landing page on their website. It's right in their tagline. Uh, Leading brand in electric dirt trail and motocross motorcycles for children from the age of three up to adults. Yeah. So it's just like, teach yeah. them about neutral because I learned how to ride motorcycles when I was a little kid and I was not told about neutral so I was just sitting there like gunning it and then my dad's like put it into first gear and I like yeah. put it into oh. first gear while like gunning it and just like <laughs> slammed into a truck and like was like I think I yep. broke my arm. <laughs> Mm, that's the that's the wonderful part about electric bikes is there's no you just roll on the throttle and it goes so there's no gear selector or clutch Um, so as soon as you twist the throttle you get all the torque of the engine too which is really cool we we eventually want to buy property and i would love to have my own electric bike so that you know we can like build a track at the house and not have to worry about it but those osets are pretty affordable i think the the sticker price for the the kids little little kids the 12 is like uh, I think it's like twelve hundred bucks. Oh, that's not 13. bad at all. So it's very affordable. They they pop up secondhand a lot because there's a few dealers here in the Northwest, and they're just cool. They charge in a regular one twenty or one ten volt, um, you know, outlet, and and they're awesome for yeah. little kids. You can tune them way way down, and yeah, I've seen two. You know, mostly three year olds is when they start, but I've I've seen some two, and even this one guy got his one year old kind of just starting to get the hang of it. So. We'll have one around eventually for sure. Who, need, yeah, who, needs to, on the bench. who needs to walk when you got a trials bike, right? That's exactly. right. I'm just You'll growing a little shredder, which makes sense because I'm just getting kicked to hell over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, when I, that's when, what's going on here. When I brought the WR home, I started it and I was like, ring, ring, ring. And Chris came out and the baby was like kicking like, hell yeah. <laughs> just super or excited. just like, what the hell is going on? I've never heard that sound she'll, before. She'll figure it out soon. Yeah, what is that? Sounds cool. Yeah. Yes, OSET on the future. And, you know, of course, OSET. That kind of leads us great into our first topic. We're talking about kind of smaller bikes today. So OSET is a wonderful example of those smaller, you know, not really smaller displacement, but smaller engined um, electric bikes, Mm -hmm. you know. But I think what we're going to talk about today a lot is some of those smaller displacement like, you know, motorcycles or mopeds or scooters and things like that. I think a lot of people, myself included, haven't really had those small, small displacement bikes. I think our market here in America really pushes towards larger displacement bikes. And so honestly, we miss out on a lot of the really cool small displacement bikes that are a lot more common in places like Southeast Asia and Europe and things like that. Um, But today, I want to talk a little bit more about that. So to kind of kick things off, I've always been really curious about mopeds. I have a few friends who ride mopeds and are in moped gangs, right? Moped clubs oh, yes. and things like that. <laughs> we all know that they're the most dangerous thing. And I've actually had the privilege of being invited into a rally, you know, a moped rally and experience that firsthand. And it's very interesting, but it's very different than the motorcycle world, you know. Um, it's there's some similarities, and I know a lot of people who have mopeds ride motorcycles. But Danny, I think just right off the bat, what is that big appeal of mopeds? You've kind of ridden both, yeah. Um, and what what is that appeal that brings people into and keeps them into mopeds? I mean, I think for a lot of people, they just haven't ridden anything on two wheels besides like a bicycle. So like it's a, it's a good step from bicycle to motorcycle i mean you still got your pedals you've still got the general like you can pedal and move the bike off though the gearing is not made for it but i don't know it's just that that feeling of something that's bike-sized 
propelling you to like if it's a stock bike like 25 30 miles an hour and like on something that size like that feels fast so it's just it's just fun going fast or making something that is i mean like subjectively fast go even faster on something that on a frame that may or may not be be built for that so i don't know i think it's just totally it's just like something that like it just brings you joy and then it's it's a step you can move up to motorcycles you can stick with mopeds like it's just it's a good entry into the world yeah i agree and i've after reading writing yours and writing a couple of people's they are uniquely fun you know it's something that um, actually the most fun I have on bikes are my smaller bikes, my DT 175, my XR 200, like those bikes, um, are just so much fun because you can ring them out and you're not like worried about you know, yeah. <laughs> like getting thrown around or, or losing your arms. What, I guess to, to rewind a little bit though, what is that kind of textbook, you know, um, I razz you a lot and call them scooters, but they're not scooters. What's that textbook definition of a moped? Um, motorized pedal bike. So it's okay. something that has pedals. I mean, as of it as it is now, like there's no peds that have like kickstarts that are still made by moped manufacturers or were since there's not really any really any around anymore. Um Yeah. But those are they're fifty CC one to two speed. If it's a two speed, it's an automatic engine. Mm. Like that's pretty much pretty much it. Yeah, it stands for moped, like Although in Europe it's a little bit of a different a different definition. You could have a um a fifty CC motorcycle. Like in Germany there's a, a brand called Simpson that was around when the uh when East Germany was there. And those are fifty CC motorcycles, but everyone calls them mopeds. And the same thing with yeah. the the Yamaha, I think it was like an FS one or is like nicknamed the Fizzy. Um that's a small displacement motorcycle, but in Europe it's called a moped. Hmm. So it kind of okay. depends where you're at, but in terms of the U S it's, it's gotta have pedals or it's gotta have just a moped engine. That's been converted to kickstart. Right. Right. Yeah. And so basically anything with pedals is what it sounds like, but sometimes not with pedals. <laughs> and typically, typically they're two stroke. There's only been one, one that was not two stroke and that was made by Indian. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. Well, and what, with those compact displacements, two-stroke kind of makes more sense too mm-hmm. for that application and things like that. It's just much simpler motor to work on and and has you know more a lot more power, right? 50, 50 cc two-stroke is usually going to put out a lot, have a lot more peak power than than a it's four-stroke counterpart, right? Yeah. So yeah, no, I I think you know what I'm trying to think what what would you say though are the the kind of hallmarks of the moped culture? Because something I found a little interesting was that like. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to describe, but when I've ran ran with the moped culture, I've noticed <laughs> that uh, I've noticed that it's more like tight knit almost. There's like a lot more trading between it. There's a lot more like I don't know. I I'm a, I'm a part of a couple of moped groups for parts and things like that, and I've noticed that they like trade bikes in or more. You know, it seems like it's it's like a whole different community. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the times, like you'll build something, you'll ride it for a while, and you're like, oh damn, I want something new unless you're me and then you're like oh damn i want to have like one of everything um, sure. and i'm regretting that now um, i have yard space for that <laughs> i've got but a pretty yeah, big I mean, tarp it, it it's just a fun community like everyone like looks out for each other everyone is 
interested in like what you've done to the build and like you'll see people posting in groups like oh like just finish this up and then someone will chime in and be like oh damn that was my bike like five years ago and i sold it to so-and-so who sold it to so-and-so and like it's just fun because there's not all that many around and especially if it's one that you've kitted or you've done some like customization on like it's gonna stand out you're gonna notice it yeah and i think there's also that part or that element of the fact that not they haven't been made for a long time too so yeah i know in other circles of bikes that i'm in where like the vintage yamaha community and stuff for enduros it's it's also kind of similar where people trade around a lot of stuff but nothing nothing's quite like the moped culture in the bigger cities mm -hmm. um at least the ones i've in, encountered because it's it's just a really interesting subculture of, of two-wheeled riders you know that seem to have a really interesting like events and things like that it seems to be a lot more communal than most of the motorcycle culture i know a lot of us will go on rides and things like that or we have trail riding parties and you know maybe we'll do trail building and things like that but it's just not as i don't know but it seems like there's always interesting things stuff or interesting stuff happening around it yeah and i think just because like there's so much variability with what you can do with a moped you could ride a stock one go like 25 miles an hour or you could um do some crazy stuff and there's someone down in i don't somewhere in florida i don't want to miss misspeak as to where um yeah. but they have tuned their their pookie 50 to where they can use nitrous with it and, and, and he's hitting like he's hitting like 65 miles an hour like they have a they have a radar gun and they've they've done speed Captured tests it. on it yeah wow. <laughs> that's amazing because that is like scary heinous yeah and i mean i've ridden bikes to speeds that shouldn't be mentioned you know like 130 135 and it's it's definitely like mm, this is a lot but there's nothing quite like going super super fast i agree you know there's nothing quite like that being going fast on a smaller yeah. bike like you're let alone about, you know? a single speed engine that has yeah it's like running probably eleven thousand rpm at least wow like, that's insane it's <laughs> i can't even imagine that, how loud that bike would be that poor, poor little piston and that poor crank <laughs> As someone well, who's rewatched all the Fast and Furious movies <laughs> <laughs> during quarantine. <laughs> Where's our moped? <laughs> Where's our Fast and Furious moped movie? <laughs> I'm kind of curious. This is just maybe too much of a side, but I'm curious, Danny, what, what is the reason mopeds died out? Um, oh, yeah. So I can actually go through like the history of kind of what brought on mopeds, if yeah. you guys want. Cause I, yeah, I did it. some re Please. I did some research earlier because I actually ha I had no, no idea. King. We don't know what we're talking about. You're the, um, you're the so according to the internet and the site I found in like the late Victorian era, people were trying to put small steam engines on wooden and metal frame bikes <laughs> and had no That's success. Awesome. But that would have been the original. Um, and then it kind of died out. And then prior to the fifties, they pretty much we're all wheel driven. So like you would hook a motor onto your rear wheel and it, it would give you a little extra push. Hmm. Um, so I don't know if you've ever watched, like, I think, I think it's called called a midwife. Rochelle has watched it. And then there's an episode where they <laughs> no. have like bikes like that. Like they're riding around town, like doing mm -hmm. chores and stuff, attending uh. to midwife responsibilities. Um, then <laughs> apparently they were in the UK called Wilfrid's auto cycles or cycle motors. And then somehow it turned into moped. I don't know how they got 
snappier. It's it there. Yeah, it is snappier. Yeah, cycle motors. Um, it didn't really hit in the U.S. until the 50s and the 70s were their two big popularity times because of the gas crisis. Mm. Right, right. Um, and they were really looking for something that was gas efficient, simple and easy to work on. So two strokes can be easier to work on than four stroke. Mopeds get typically 90 to 100 miles a gallon. And they were just sold everywhere. Like you could go to a department store, you can go to Sears or um, Montgomery Awards and they sold Pooks, but they were rebranded as like their own brands. Um, and then like a lot of Sears and things like that. Yeah, there was like a, a Murray, the the Sears, all states and right. And then a lot of I mean, motorcycles, too. So we were seeing the same yeah. thing. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of like um, Sears was selling Italian, like the Galeras and Benelli's for yep, all state totally. and uh, the Twingles and stuff like that. Were also yeah, yeah, they had the, the all state twin. And that was that was made by Pook. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. So then in the 70s, as that second boom kind of started, they started importing all the Euro brands like Derby, Pook, Tomos, um, Minarelli. That was, and then as that kind of went on, Honda started getting on the game. They had an N- NC50 and a PA50 or the Hobbit. So in the late 70s, Honda started importing those. And then there was one US moped brand, um, AMF, that actually mm-hmm. they bought out harley in the late 60s so they made a moped yeah. maybe you've never heard of them t- it never took off <laughs> um but it exists and people try to sell them for obnoxious amount of money because they will market <laughs> them as a harley <laughs> yep um yep. but yeah then it dwindled in the 80s um as the gas crisis had subsided and now it's pretty much just become some niche thing that You'll find it in the barn. You'll find it in your neighbor's garage covered in dirt, mm-hmm. covered right. in tarps and just, yeah, I don't know. It seems like now it's just become like its own thing. Like, I, I don't know how to properly describe like the people who ride mopeds because I think it's so varied, <laughs> but as a community, it's like, it's its own thing. It's nothing like any other motorcycle community I've seen. It's definitely different. They allowed me to come in when I got my DT 175 because it was a two stroke. Small so enough. That thing, that thing's cool. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, nah, that thing's cool. You you can come, you can come ride with us. So I did a couple of the puddle cutters rides. Mm-hmm. I think that's right, right? Puddle cutters yeah. in Portland. Shout out. Um, and that was, yeah, it was really interesting. The group of people, and it was a lot more. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of cool guying and kind of like, oh, well, you know, such and such in the moped community. But it seemed to be pretty like everyone just wanted people to get in. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you don't have one? Like, use mine at the rally. Like, you can you can just use my bike or I'll help you set up your own, you know. And it, it was, it's kind of like that in the motorcycle community, depending on what kind mm-hmm. of community. I know in the off-road world, there's a lot of that. People will share stuff and help you out. But this was like, nah, you could take this bike, like use this bike for a while or, or uh I got yeah, I got those parts. Let me let me let me get them to you. So I mean, the the, yeah, the, the cool s- guys in the moped community, like they're still just riding bikes with motors on them. So yeah. like you're not that cool. Temper <laughs> those expectations, my guy. It's still just a moped. You're still on a right, motor. right. But yeah, I mean, it's I liked I liked that aspect of it. Yeah, and I fine. met a lot of people there who one person showed up on a CRF two thirty, like a dual sport. So you know there was. Um, there was lots of it was just a cool community there's there's lots of camaraderie and and lots of you know fun as we just ripped through alleys and like 
we got to jump a bunch of speed bumps and stuff it was super fun <laughs> so it was a cool group i really liked it yeah but yeah i mean the market used to be a lot smaller displacement i think because of engine development you know the it was just more practical to make smaller engines or maybe mm -hmm. the engineering was simpler but even harley davidson i think 1907 uh, 1908 had their first motorcycle, which was just a uh, was a hundred and some odd, 110 cc or something like that in a uh, bicycle frame. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the manufacturers started out in that era with that moped, you know, motorized pedal machine, uh, and just kind of developed into motorcycles. But it's interesting to hear about how the segment has kind of survived, even though there's been a lack of production. And as I understand it, there's kind of e-bikes that are now straddling the line of like using moped designs what are what are those called onyx yeah there, there's an on yeah. onyx used the poop magnum frame like style and then there's super 73 there's a few different ones they they like they definitely styled after that that moped vibe but i would imagine that stuff is i would imagine that stuff is pretty hot in the bay do you do you yeah so I, i've seen uh when i used to take the ferry into work to San Francisco, there was usually like two or three people that had Onyx mopeds on the ferry. And so it's, you know, you're allowed to bring bicycles onto the ferry. And I think, you know, I've seen people with, uh, you know, electric bicycles, but I feel like with the electric moped, you're kind of pushing it, <laughs> um, especially because the guys are wearing, you know, full on motorcycle helmets. But eh, I mean, I, I, it's probably better than bringing you know a gas motorcycle onto the ferry or even a gas moped they probably wouldn't allow you to bring it on the ferry since it could be it's a fire hazard only if you get yeah. hot yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean they, they might not notice but um just glue pedals yeah. to the side yeah but i mean if, if you ride along the embarcadero in san francisco you'll see all kinds of electric uh you know bicycles like the mopeds the one wheels like you know, and scooters galore so it's just like it's really cool to see like people solving the last mile problem with whatever works for them totally yeah well, a fun fact one time i tried to bring a my dt175 that ran out of gas chris's dt175 that had run out of gas and i tried to roll it onto the max the, ah. our, like, the light rail <laughs> it was hilarious <laughs> the, the light rail that we have in portland because i'd run out just like we ran out of gas uh I don't know, five or six blocks. That remains my worst. I don't know if the jetting is way off. I think one of the crank seals are, are is actually pretty toasted. But that thing just burns through gas. So it has a really small tank. And when you're really just riding it like I do, just wide open throttle and just having fun, it, it goes a lot quicker than you think. And so we ran out and I tried to roll it onto the max. And I was like, it's only one stop. They won't care. And I get on it. It's like an immediate over the intercom. Sir, you cannot bring a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't see it posted anywhere. There's no reason I can't bring a motorcycle. So I got see, kicked. I, got kicked I however, have successfully taken a moped on public transit. There you I, go. I seized an engine like probably three-fourths of a mile away from a trolley stop here in San Diego. And... I was on my way to pick up my truck from the shop, so it's not like I could have even called Rochelle to come and drive my truck and like pick me up. So I, mm -hmm. I huffed it to the trolley stop and hopped on the trolley without a ticket, and you know just went two stops, got off, of got my truck. There you <laughs> go. Because of the so, pedal you know, factors. Exactly. Yes. If you're pedals, yeah. all, you just everyone needs to carry around a set of pedals <laughs> to click, stick click. on the side. Magnetic. I was just imagining you putting it on the front of a bus. Oh my god, no. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. That's what I thought you were gonna say, Danny. I, like, I think that would. I think that would be no problem at all. Like, look, it's a bike. Yeah. It's got 
because you have all those those motorized motorized bicycles now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I'm trying to. I had to look it up because I couldn't remember. But you know, if you're someone who lives in the city and you're an astute, you know, moto commuter, and you're like, sometimes I want to hop on the bus, consider a Honda Moto Compo. Have you guys ever seen the oh, Honda oh, Moto Compo? Don't get me yeah. started. Classic. I know everyone wants one. That was a 50cc two-stroke, and it folds up into a briefcase, and it has a little handle, and you can pick it up and go about your ways, and then push out the little handlebars, and then somehow hop on that little briefcase and ride your way <laughs> ride your briefcase oh, that's the amazing they, they were only made for a couple years i think 81 to 83 it looks like they were made and, they, they came with the a honda city was yeah. the the car yes and they came the folded up so they would fit in the trunk perfect they were made for deal. they were made for commuters yeah so you park somewhere and then you hop it on you know hop on the the moto yeah. compo ride to work and then ride it back to your parking spot it's great so sick and they so are they expensive. are s- <laughs> yeah super cool yeah those things are probably impossible to find these days but it looks like they weighed 93 pounds weighed up so i don't know how you're picking that up like a you know briefcase <laughs> I, you're like i've, double never, handling, I've like, never seen Ugh. this briefcase thing it's a rolling briefcase i think it fold. no it folds it and you folds can maybe up, i'm but i don't think it's like a briefcase it has a handle doesn't it well, you i might be thinking like it, it becomes suitcase. smaller Gotcha, but it doesn't have a handle. I might be thinking of something different. Like maybe they made a bicycle that was it. I don't know. Anyways, get a Moto Compo. If you find a Moto Compo, send us a picture of it because I've always wanted to see oh, one. Oh, there is one for sale in San Diego for the small price of $2,500. That's, actually, that's actually not bad for a that's, Moto yeah, Compo either. Probably. Does it run? Oh, it, but, <laughs> but this one is signed by the band Madness, so... Oh, okay, they did the promotional spot. Cool. I read that. Uh, I read that in the Wikipedia article that they did the promotional spot for it. So twenty five hundred dollars, not a bad yeah. deal. <laughs> so yeah, I think you know we've moved. Uh, you know, I think in American production and manufacturing, we've moved to like, or I shouldn't even say manufacturing. I should say American demand for Japanese motorcycles has always moved towards that bigger segment. You know, they make all these bikes in the eighties. They had these wars of like making bigger and bigger and bigger and you know, but I think a lot of the times you can have a lot of fun and there's a lot of practicality of having like a smaller bike. So yeah, you know, I think that we've kind of turned our back on that market, but what's interesting is it's kind of having a resurgence, you know, we're, we're seeing like the Honda monkey, you know, we're seeing the trail get a reboot with the trail 125 and Mondo, you have the trail. I mean, you have a, what year is it? Tell us a little bit about it and, and what you think about it so far. Yeah. So we have a 1973, you know, CT90 or Trail90. Um, I guess we... We bought Jane, it because I... we were going to go to Mexico. We were going to live in Mexico in our van, and we wanted to be able to set up our van as, like, the the main stop, and we'd be there for, like, a few days, and we wanted, like, a vehicle besides our bicycles, which are on the back, because it's really sandy in Mexico. We're like, oh, we just want, like, a little tiny motorcycle we can put on the yes. back and, like, ride together oh. in town to, like, get groceries or, like, get way. more gas if we, like, run out of gas for the van. And then, yeah. like, we bought we bought it, and then we decided we were going to fly to Mexico. <laughs> well, because well, we, we decided tried we were to take stay it... in one spot in Mexico, and it's like, oh, it doesn't make sense to, like, drive the van there and then have to, like, you know, park it for three or four months. 
And they probably wouldn't let you take it on the plane. That was probably... Well, actually, I mean, with a Trail 90, if you broke it down and put it into a <laughs> box, you could probably get away with it. You know, just drain all the fluids out. Yeah. yeah right. It's like 250 pounds, so like, yeah. you're going to pay a lot for the air freight, but... It can make know. it. But it's but, really cute because it, like, it fits inside of, like, the... We have a Volkswagen Vanagon, and so, like, it mm-hmm. fits inside the vanagon yeah. and like the person who owned it before us put in some d-rings for like their child's car seat and so like we can just nice. strap it down to Amazing. that and it like yeah. fits in like well, the center the center area and like yeah i mean that's how we got it home yeah uh but i'm trying to remember was it your uncle that suggested we get a trail 90 yeah so um my uncle and dad have been riding motorcycles since they were young and so like he's they like had motorcycles in college and like my uncle's had a trail 90 like beautiful trail 90 like it's like a 68 or 69 yeah so it's like really old and so we ride that all the time when we're up at his shop fixing our van and so we're like oh we'll just get one of these for mexico because it's like got the 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 high and low gears which would be like really great for sand or like big hills um or mexican roads yeah (laughs) it can be a little rough (laughs) popes baches those those the the libres the libres the the free roads are like roll of the dice i've ridden oh my gosh yeah when i've ridden through when i rode through mainland it was like roll the dice sometimes they're really like surprisingly nice and then in durango i saw one that straight up had like a hole the size of a truck like it was on the edge so it eroded into the ditch (laughs) that sounds like a sinkhole massive yeah basically i mean basically like or i don't know it was wild and then the 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 quotas though the like pay roads are all like nicer than they are here it's weird most of them are really nice because all the all the trucks don't want to pay to go onto the toll road they take the free road yeah (laughs) we we did route three down the mainland side of of the sea of cortez and Mm -hmm. so like it was like a two-lane road but Mm -hmm. essentially a one-lane road with how many things you were avoiding Yeah, I remember that. It's great. The stretch between um, Puertocitos and Gonzaga is like that still, but I don't know when the last time you went, but from Gonzaga Bay to uh, Punta Prieta, where it rejoins one, uh, actually, well, Laguna Chalapa, anyways, where it rejoins one, that is really, really nice now. Hmm. They just finished it up. I went February last year, and the... They that road has been under construction since I was a kid. I can remember driving down that section. It was really bad, but now it's like super, super, super nice. It's actually really cool through that section of three now. is is really nice. But yeah. so you got the Trail ninety as like yeah. wanted yeah. to kind of commute on it, right? Well, well, so we got it for you know when we were in the van, and you know the van gets all set up, and it's it, once it gets set up, it's kind of hard to like be like, hey, we need like driving to town to get groceries so and we had bikes on our our big trip but you know sometimes depending on how far you want to go they're not always that practical Hmm. and so having the ct90 you know the two of us can ride on it and we can you know go wherever and so so go ahead i would say like my bicycle is a beach cruiser and it it only has seven gears it doesn't have the seconds we were riding around uh what was the national park in Acadia National Park in Maine? And it's just like oh, yeah. pure hills, pure hills. And we, were like, <laughs> we like set up camp and we wanted to go to like this tea house to get tasty food. And it's like a couple mile bike ride. We're riding on the wrong way of the roads. Like you're not supposed to bike in these places. So I'm just like, oh, oh, I can't. Like this bike cannot do this. 
That's how I got into motorcycles. I would I rode some hills in Portland. I was like, nah, nah, I'm done. And then just got a motorcycle. It's been beauty ever since. Yeah, can put on a couple pounds. It's all good. Yeah. So like, yeah, we got it with intentions to take it into Mexico, and then we didn't. We rode it when we were staying down in San Diego around a little bit. Um, but then, yeah, it kind of just sat in storage while we were in Mexico. And then we got moved back to Oakland and it was great for around town, but we didn't ever ride it all that much. Hmm. But once my work moved to Alameda, um, in order to get there, you either have to cross the estuary on the ferry or go through the tunnel, which is, uh, is possible to bike through there, but it's the worst thing ever <laughs> um there's just like this tiny bike path that was, is maybe wide enough or just wide enough to fit one cyclist but it's a two-way path so if pipes. you come across even a pedestrian like you have to like scooch around them yeah. um so i was like well we have the trail 90 like let me get that fixed yeah. up and i can ride that to work and it puts a smile on my face every time yes. i ride that into work yeah and it, it's yeah, it's just the most fun to ride through the tunnels. Like, yeah, I'm at like 50 miles an hour on the CT90. This is like <laughs> nice. basically rev limited by the engine. <laughs> where it's like, it won't go any faster, um, but it's loads of fun. Yeah, I mean, those are, I still see trail 90s, 110s, like the 70s, all the variations of them from the 60s and 70s up during hunting season or something like that, or even if I'm just out hiking, but hunting yeah. season a lot, you see all the people roll them out of the sheds and they'll go and pack out deer that way, or they'll ride them just around the forest roads for fun. They are still super, super common in this part of the world. And it's just amazing to see something like that, that, you know, 55, sometimes close to 60 years right now that yeah, these things have been on the it's road. Crazy. They're but, just solid. Yeah. Oh, they're dead simple after like, you know, working on it, trying to get it to run well. It's like, well, there's only, you know, so much that can go wrong on it. You know, the wiring's probably the biggest weakness. Don't get me yeah. started <laughs> Sorry, on this. Danny is finding out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's essentially what we, like, mechanically everything was fine on ours. It was just like, you know, the battery and the wiring that was letting us down. So it's like, if you c- can fix that, then you're fine. It just kind of corrodes over time for sure. Those connectors get old and rusty or stuff gets cut or whatever you know it's it's always a bad time yeah and and like i was saying a little earlier you know it's it's interesting to see a resurgence i think that uh, motorcycle companies are being demanded more and more nowadays to kind of produce retro you know reproduce retro bikes and things like that and to see this mini uh kind of market explode again with the trail and the monkey is really cool they just brought back the well, as like the CT one two five, so mm-hmm. but it's like got ABS and I yeah. think electric start and everything. So and fuel injection, right? Oh yeah. yeah. So I, I guess like that's pretty cool. It's like yeah, I think they're like three or four thousand dollars, something mm-hmm. like that. I think we but, looked it up the other day. It was like thirty eight hundred yeah, or something. It's, somewhere it's in that range. Just under four for those brands. Yeah, which is yeah. wild because so, if you buy like the pristine CT nineties that have been like restored they're fetching three grand yeah yeah but i I would rather ride if especially if i was going to mexico or south america i would rather ride the older one down there because they'll actually be able to fix it yeah yeah you'll you'll be able to find parts you know well fuel injection and stuff it might be a bit harder Mm -hmm. 
true. Those fuel injection, I mean, I did eight, just shy of 8,000 miles through Mexico, and I had zero problems with the fuel injection. And on that was an SV650. But those fuel injection systems were so many gens in that they're they're getting they're pretty reliable, you know. Okay. So that is actually um, Ed. We're a big fan of C90 Adventures here, and that is exactly what Ed does. He's ridden up and down the West Coast. He's ridden around the world, and when I say West Coast, I mean Alaska, Argentina on a C90. He's done a full round the world trip. He does I know guided trips through uh, Western Asia, and I think Russia. He's done a couple of guided trips back to London. And it's just so cool because in all of his videos, if you watch them for a while, he's, you know, rebuilt the engine several times mm-hmm. or had to do various engine work. And it's always amazing because he gets that stuff on the ground and fixed, you know, within like an hour or so. It's just such a small, accessible engine. Yeah. It makes you think it's probably not such a bad touring platform. You know, you don't get to go as fast, but you yeah, just see it's, more. you yeah. get to exactly. see more. And isn't that the whole reason why we're riding in the first place, right? You know, to be out there, to ride, to experience the world have the senses all the senses hit you what better way than to be riding a small bike uh one of the oh sorry go ahead oh i was just say uh even better if you had a small slow bike that's electric then you don't even have the engine noise you could like probably even see more wildlife Mm -hmm. and stuff yeah i read about a guy uh online he had a uh, trail the the name of the brand and the bike is escaping me but it was a trail bike and he was riding it on trails in tilmuk forest and i commented on one of his pictures i was like hey you know what kind of power like usage did you have while you rode and like what did you end up with and he's like i actually ended up with 100 percent because it has brake regen so like mm-hmm. when he hits the brakes it like turns the motor and charges it and so he was able to ride a full you know probably like two three hours at least uh and have a completely full battery by the end of it so I, i'm really looking forward to see where that tech goes like i said we'll, we'll definitely oh, be doing crazy. ev EV episode in the future. I totally forgot the name of the brand, but yeah. And I mean, on the adventuring segment, like Yamaha made a DT, maybe still makes it in some markets, a DT50. And the DT50 is like people in England, people in Europe, they use it as like a, a touring dual sport bike. You know, these are the smaller displacement bikes are still definitely really viable. So yeah, you know, I, I think there's a lot to enjoy about those smaller bikes. And I think that we're really obsessed with the big bikes here in America, but I mean, like at Southeast Asia, right? Danny, what size were the bikes that you were riding in Vietnam? Uh, 125. But I mean, there was a million like passports out there or Cubs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was that was just as common as the the Honda coins that we were riding. Yeah, and those things those things are going like everywhere, right? Yep. So, yeah, if you haven't already, find a friend with a moped, go on a club ride, go enjoy it. They're I think they're pretty dang fun. So, Jamie Amondo, that brings us to our next segment, which is our pick of the week. So, every week we pick some pretty derelict, sad, broken motorcycles, or sometimes they're not broken, and we kind of compare them and see who has the best pick. We totally dropped the ball last week posting on our Instagram. Don't worry, this week we are going to post these picks so that you guys can see them, our faithful listeners. So, let's see. Danny, you want to start us out? Yeah, I. It was another struggle week for me. I'm not gonna lie. Really, I I picked I picked this one. It's not not all that jacked up, but the the description was was fun. All right, I'm ready for it. All right, it's coming up. Should be up. 
So yeah, in the in the theme cool. of small displacement, <laughs> a two thousand oh, three yeah. uh, Yamaha PW eighty. So we've got a seat that is. Got I think it's a sponge. Some <laughs> some duct tape, maybe a large kitchen sponge. Oh, that's that might be um, gorilla tape. That's actually yeah. Oh yeah, that would be gorilla. Is it, is it unagi? <laughs> so, Am I getting that right? What's oh tam- tamagi tamagu? Tom, tamago, when you put, tamago that's tamago, tamago. No, yeah that's tamago it's when you put a piece of egg on top of rice and wrap it in seaweed that's, <laughs> that's a tama- exactly what it looks it is. It's like a little, so overall little i mean tamago. other than the seat it looks pretty good but my yeah. my, my description it. that i got it needs work it starts once in a while might need a new yeah. carburetor and for looks some new fenders but overall it's a cool bike it starts once in a while like what what does that mean? <laughs> Once in a while. I actually found a kid. I was riding in... Uh, I found a kid. When I was riding in... <laughs> I was riding was a trail. Out there. And I found these kids out in the middle of nowhere. It was outside of Sacramento, east of Sacramento. There's a trail, There's a couple trail systems in the Sierras out there. And one of the kiddos had a PW80 that they're riding on. They're like, help, I can't. My brother can't get his bike started. And we don't know what's wrong with it. I was like, yeah, welcome to the club, kid. This happens like every motorcycle ever. It always... <laughs> fails you when you need it to work and so i got on it and and kicked it a few times and got it to start and i was like all right try to ride this back to your to your camp or something so that it doesn't die again but it's just funny because those they can be kind of finicky Mm. and the electric start died like really early but no those those are awesome i love reading about those bikes because people will like quote unquote mod them to make them good for adults and they're like man the frame keeps like cracking or the forks are super undersprung like how do i make this thing it's like well <laughs> buy a maybe, bigger motorcycle buy, maybe buy a bigger motorcycle. and then yeah <laughs> then you'll be okay but the i mean the pit bar you know the pit bike segment is real there are a lot of people who mod those little bikes and i don't know well maybe. i mean i think that that's like kind of getting back to what danny was saying about the mopeds which that's is true. like i i think there's no joy in life like riding a slow bike fast, right? Like that's mm-hmm, the that's the most fun you can have. And I, I think that's to that point, it's like you see people putting predators in mini bikes or yep. you know, little pit bikes and stuff like that, because it's like riding a normal motorcycle that's designed to go fast, you know, sixty miles per hour might be like a normal thing. Riding like a mini bike or a moped sixty miles per hour is like a whole other ball game. And you're just True. like, yeah, you're going to you're going to be immediately aware of all the shortcomings of whatever it is that is moving you that fast. Yeah. when it's not the designed shake, to. The yeah. bump, it's all there. Yeah. It's all it's some, there. Some fear into you. I want to see, Jamie, what you got. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So my pandemic hobby um, has been looking at a uh, uh, complete screen, uh, basically looking at hawaii craigslist Ooh. oh good um can you see my screen yes yes i can okay great so i Aww. essentially just have a dream of Aww. living on the big island in hawaii and so i look at there for sale which is usually cute goats um but <laughs> i found this <laughs> double bike nice um so the title is 80s honda xl uh xr 252 needs work 550 um so there are two bikes available oh. in this oh i didn't realize it was um, a what about too? the john deere 
Yeah. And it is so rusted out. They're both so rusted out. I mean, it's those pipes are toast. Like, the ocean. Oh, that tank has many pinholes. Yeah. Yeah. The ocean tends to do that. Beautiful rust. You could repurpose that tank as a watering can. Yes. Oh, yeah. Seriously. Wow. So you can get two of these. Um, this is the, the picture of both of them, but again, there's some some Go back to that mysterious back wiring back for like the rear. I like it. I like it. <laughs> the rear tail light here. Um, this is a disaster. So inside says, you know, oh, yeah. got the title. Been sitting a long time, over ten years, needs a lot of work. Both are running good when parked. <laughs> Should have enough parts for parked. sure to make one or probably two run. There Both needs a lot of little stuff and will need a fair amount of work. Little one stuff? has some frame rot on the back a of the small seat. Small amount. You didn't. You weren't using the back of the frame anyway. Little stuff is an understatement, oh. my doggy. I would. I would go to like an ag store and buy like a large. Like when we had horses, we had like big feeding, like not feeding water troughs. Mm-hmm. And you know, I would get like one of those big water troughs and just fill it with vinegar and just roll the bike in. <laughs> yeah. and let it <laughs> I don't know, a couple weeks or so, yeah. and then it See might be, yeah, might be able to work on it. Or just yeah, that's that of Coca Cola and just watch there that you go. stuff yeah. dissolve. You wouldn't have a bike after that. You probably yeah, probably exactly. Not. You'd be lucky. yeah, probably yeah, not. Have some time. Five fifty or best offer for both. They have titles for one. Both are legal. One's from California, and the other one does not have the Hawaiian registration. He said the engines yeah. are not seized, and then you can kick them over though. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, uh, you so, cannot text them. It's a it's a landline only. Oh uh, yeah. Oh nice. The corrosion that you get from the ocean air is so what amazing. What about telegrams? Yeah, did they take telegrams? <laughs> <laughs> I, the the corrosion that you get from ocean air is amazing because it's like I think one year Robert and I went and rode and we rode through salty water like twice, like yeah. a quick little like blip blip and like barely went through the salty water. And we got back and our cases were like totally had pitting all over just the side. White. Yeah, with uh, it, it just took oxide. one, just like... like one or two like brackish water creek crossings and they were instantly like just pitted. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah, you that, that to, like, was rinse it right away. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That Which... was always a thing I would think about living in California was like knowing so many people with motorcycles who lived in like Newport mm-hmm. and Long Beach and they and I'm just like how does your bike not effing rust? Yeah, they got clean. Well, if you, you live in Newport, you have a garage to put it in. There uh, you go. Hopefully, but most people don't rich. it's street parking. So <laughs> Just yeah, like, I see it all the time when I was more into bicycles. You could tell when they came right from the coast or something because they were just always really rusty. rusty. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mondo, what do you got? All right. So I'm going to go, let's see. Continuing. Oh, why isn't this working? Yeah, there we go. All right. So continuing uh, like the CT90 theme, I'm always keeping an eye out for uh other bikes and so i recently came across there's a company called shanghai customs Mm -hmm. that sells an electric conversion kit Um, i think it's more for the cub 90s i emailed them that like their battery drops in to the where the tank is and it comes you basically just need a frame and front fork and then all the parts with the kit can convert it to electric uh so a week or two ago, I saw there was another posting that had a few frames for sale, but that one's n- not posted right now. But I came across this one with two 
CT200s, which is like the original CT90s. Mm. So these are 1964. There's one that like looks in really good condition. I'm not sure what's wrong with it, um, but there's essentially two frames for $500. Nice. Um, one looks deal, like actually. it's like in really good condition. Um, and then the other frame is definitely missing a lot more parts, mm. um, but it would be, I think, a perfect candidate for the uh, you know electric conversion because you yeah. could just chuck the motor or uh, sell it off to somebody. Just saying, if you oh, get yeah. that that motor, <laughs> <laughs> if the I mean, wiring looks all right, Danny needs one. Wiring looks <laughs> yeah, like, like, you could just send it right down yeah, to San Diego. Actually, cool. Yeah, Danny, like maybe we could do a collaboration. Like I need like a uh, frame. I'll, I'll like we could just like we just need the kit and install it and you won't need any of that old wiring. It'll all go away. <laughs> See, I, I, I'm not I'm not ready to go electric on it just yet, but if you're going to get rid of that 200cc motor, you know, just Okay. Send it well, on I don't down. I don't I don't think it's a 200cc oh, motor. I thought I think the CT200s were 200. No. Or maybe they are. I don't know. I don't I don't, I don't know, know much about them, the but I like them because they're yellow. And but then again, yeah. but then again they're calling it a CT200 Trail 90, so who knows? It is, yeah. It's a 90. 90 is it 90? Ah, well, yeah. 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 I don't. I don't know why they called them the CT200s, but it's like. I've done I've done the same thing before seeing those the older CTs listed for sale and be like whoa 200 that's sick like that would be really cool inside that size but then you see the the piston or the uh, cylinder arrangement and you're like mm, no. I don't see how that could be a 200 that would be interesting but yeah it's those just, are definitely the 90s I just want one so I can just ride it around town to work like it's a cool bike for that yeah yeah for sure. so is that Hobbit yeah. that now lives in my house. Well, yeah, but you know, I stared at it, and Jordan stared at it, and he's like, "I don't know." So, I don't know. To be <laughs> fair, things. the wiring on the Hobbit was just as frustrating as the that's the cub. why I didn't want it, but because I didn't want it to deal with the wiring. I found a colored diagram for the Hobbit, which does not oh exist God. for the Cub, so that color yeah. diagram made it so much I'm, easier. You know, one what? of these the one of these weekends, process, I'm gonna come down one. and I'm gonna help you wire that thing. There you go. There you go. Uh, we'll see, Robert. We're going to we'll get see. it sorted out. And you can video call me in, and I'll be like, I don't know. Man. I think it looks fucked up. You got to just, just chuck all that, that stuff. Time. I don't know. Ooh, to throw that thing away. <laughs> Buy a Chinese one. All right, Chris, what do you got for us this week? Okay. What I got for everybody is just, it, this one just made me sad. Oh. Um, oh. And, oh. <laughs> but it's, and it's also another yellow bike. So, yeah. There we it's go. It's a good color. Ooh. Does it come um, with the truck? It does yeah. not come with the truck. talking about Freightliner? I'm surprised this person didn't blur out their license plate. Nah, I don't think anyone's going to steal that truck. No. no Ooh. Just... Yeah. Uh, that's definitely not a CBR. That looks yeah. like a gold wing to me. Sure does. Oh, uh, that's a cool. It's like a 78. Yes. Oh, it says right there. 70. 78 Honda CBR. <laughs> 78 gold wing. $200 in Pleasant Grove, California. Yeah. And it just makes me sad to see bikes like this that look like that. 49,000 miles. That's barely broken in in gold wing years. Yeah. No pink slipper key. Hasn't run in five years. Huh. Decent okay. shape for parts. Yeah. Shoot me an mm. offer to get it off my hands. Put some knobbies it's on just, it. Yeah, it's just you know when when bikes are like complete like this and then they rot, it just makes me real bummed. I mean, it doesn't even look that rusty though. So like, yeah, 
and we not need to... Hawaii level. Yeah, we'll send it over to the Big yeah. Island. We can fix the rest problem. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, but yeah, it's like the chromes are still really nice. Like in just like it just looks dusty. Yeah, like the dash probably like that needs to be changed out a little bit, but. The, part, it's a cool, it's that could be that's bucks. somebody's quarantine project. Someone's got to pick that up. Yeah. Two hundred bucks. Yeah, and those ones with the fairings taken off, they look pretty cool. Yeah, the they don't look bad. Gold, the early gold wings look yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, they have that flat so, forward. Really similar styling to like the CBs and and uh, CXs. Yeah. I could be I could be totally wrong, which wouldn't be unusual. But I believe that those are the first like big production flat four engines too, mm -hmm. and those are really I think they're really neat engines. You they know. are. Just Why get a boxer when you can get shoes? Shaft boxes. drive too on that, right? Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I all mean, of them are shaft One drive. side it has like a, a cracked plastic, but for the most part, it just looks. It just goes. It's a speed hole. It's yeah. a speed hole. I remember years ago looking at one that I wanted to get as my kind of before I bought the SV650 as my all-around bike, and they're like, "Yeah, it gets like 20 miles a gallon, 25 sometimes." I'm like, "Hmm, that's pretty terrible, but looks cool." <laughs> That's pretty bad. Robert, what do you got this week? Oh, boy. Well, I really, um, I think I really emphasized the clapped out this week. How? Uh, let me, let me find it. So here we go. Let's see if I can give you a whole bike pick. Um, <laughs> it's a 1986 Husky. <laughs> uh, buried in the snow it is an 86 husky and Apple. um i don't know it just reminds me of like when you see a, a picture of like a deer carcass out in the snow um, <laughs> <laughs> slowly yeah uh and it's i think i think what i love about this is the just the juxtaposition of the pictures of the actual bike and the explanation <laughs> which is that everything is good kept indoors the motor blew Debatable. a ring, would need new rubber hoses, but I found a motor on eBay for $60. It's only been out in the elements for about three weeks mm. um, because I'm getting more chickens, lol, mm. but mm. it was covered for the lol. most part. And then we... <laughs> sure, and, and I part. have to say, I, I'm not buying that this has only been out in the snow no. for three weeks. Because or that it was long. covered. It is an entire bike, to be fair. But then we get to you got some radiators over here. Yeah, and you got to really based off take... that last pick. It looks like maybe it was inside their chicken coop. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, they had. That's, that's why they had to move it to get more chickens. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, it was. It was inside. It was, it, it was technically inside a building. Indoor. It was just a small. Does it have a bunch of chicken shit on it? Yes. Is it buried in snow? Yes. But it is complete. You just need to bring a snow shovel, dig out all the parts. Then put it all back together. It. Holy cow, look at that Oh, it gets motor. better. So let's take a Yikes. look at this engine if we go to the oh, other side. No. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, buddy. There's the chickens. Wowie, oh. wowie, wowie. Um, but wow. it could be yours for only $400. You can wow. have $400? That's Husky. not a so steal. He saw That's a new motor robbery on right there. eBay, $60. So, for, for, like, compared to the $500 for two CT200s, <laughs> like, one in pretty good-looking shape. <laughs> right. Please also note that it does say it ships for $5.50. Yeah, you you could, yeah it could be your, exactly. <laughs> I no. see that all the time so was, on Facebook I really Marketplace. went with the clap down. trying to pull a fast one here? I with see an that. engine covered in chicken shit. Which, on it, on it, okay, but here, so honestly... For if the forks are in good shape, which I <laughs> we could be a little forks, suspicious of, that's a big if. But 
you could probably talk that person down to 200 bucks, which would not be a bad price for that frame and those forks on an 86 Husky. That is $5. And you could probably get, and you could, you, you could probably get, you could probably, for your 200 bucks, I bet he would throw in a dozen eggs. Ooh. No. Farm fresh from the chickens. I'm not cleaning somebody else's chicken shit for $400. (laughs) I I will pay $5 because that is a project. (laughs) That is a project and a half. And I do love on Facebook Marketplace when they say we'll ship for $5 or something. Yeah, that just throws a number to it. Air compressors and stuff and tool chests. And it's like ships for $10. I'm like, wow. So is okay. that just Facebook Marketplace defaulting to some weird shipping number? If you Most click likely. will, I think if you click will ship, like as an yeah. option, I've sold a couple things. I've actually shipped one thing through uh, Facebook Marketplace uh, and it, yeah, it'll default like a number if you don't put something in. So I think they're just missing. It also, I mean, it could just be a person sitting behind the algorithm, looking at those pictures and being <laughs> like, no one's fucking buying this thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, I actually do for my for parting out bikes. I do a bulk of my business on Facebook because it's no eBay fees and just have to pay mm. PayPal fees. And it's a lot easier to sell in groups than eBay these days. Well, it's been a rough a uh, few months, year, whatever. How long ever this pandemic's been going on? I don't even know. Cause it's just Come, seems like coming a up on point. a year since uh, quarantine. One year. Yeah, it's one year, and sometimes you just want to show your patriotic unity to really bring that together and say, you know what? Yes, COVID is affecting us, but that does not stop me from being a patriot and <laughs> someone who appreciates good motorcycles. So this God is, bless America. I have to say I've been pining. The SV was, I don't know if it was my favorite bike, but goddamn, it was such a great bike when I owned it. It really did everything. I put some heinous amount of miles on the first year, like, like 28,000 or almost 30,000 miles on my first year. And it was such an amazing bike. So I've been, I've been thinking about getting another one at some point and this thing popped up it is american flag see oh, it's got a blue tank it, red eagle looking back at you eagles yeah white cow Spread it's got wings. the eagle graphics I salute do we get a close-up on that eagle graphic you sure can it's pretty sweet. so it's a tank tank guard oh, yeah and it's yeah oh yeah, yeah. no one is gonna question and if you'll notice on the oh, triple clamp oh my god bonus <laughs> does that say america it sure america. does it does say America. God so, you know, bless. oh boy. What better way to show a message of unity and patriotism than buying this thing, this SV650? But what's the, It's got the white cowl. What's the description it. on this thing? Yeah, yeah. Got oh, it. yeah, of course. Oh, man. 2002 Suzuki SV650 race bike. Last zero to 60 clock was recorded at 2.47 seconds at Woodburn. That's definitely a real number that he recorded, not fake at all. <laughs> Has been sitting in my shop, all caps, for about four months since last time written. Turns over, but now does not start. Probably needs carb clean and fresh fuel. Of course. Turns over, Classic. does not start. He tried bumping it, starting it, as he lives on the top of a mountain in the woods. <laughs> and gravel. But he doesn't feel like pushing it back up the mountain. So, you know, it's he's got a race car project he's working on. He's got videos of it running. Don't worry about it. You know, hunting gear, of course, will take precedence over other offers. But just let him know what you got. Maybe he'll trade you this sweet yeah. salute to America. And he's also got a yeah, just great you know description inside the description. Oh, oh blue light shit. on it. Look at that. You have neons. Yeah. It's got lights. It lights up. It 
I couldn't tell if it was that or he put like a blue light behind it. <laughs> I know because really, that's coming I really from under think the yeah. That it's coming from the bike. That thing lights. It's got a blurry. Is, it's got freedom yeah. lights. Wow. <laughs> sure does. No, that's, so. that's only blue. He he really missed the uh, the chance to have red, white, and blue lights. We we don't right. we don't know that those lights. Don't that's the headlight and the brake lights red, are your white, red and whites though. Oh, yeah, the red. True. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you got to flash them all if you want to show no. that patriotism. So yeah, it's super nerdy. It's blue shifting. It goes so fast that the red light turns blue. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And yeah, so that can be yours for the low, low price of nine hundred or hunting gear, whatever that may be. Nine hundred. I see bucks? a lot of, a lot of ads what? around here that are like, two A trades. You know, you got you got the goods. I'll trade with you. So it doesn't matter if it's legal or not. Don't worry about it. Wow. So yeah, that's Good the one I picked find. for the week. These are all, I feel like, good finds. We will get them up on the Instagram. And with that, that's our show. But thank you so much for listening in. We have gotten a lot of really great feedback, messages, and things like that. I'll never forget the tractor with the motorcycle motor in it from Joao. And we've gotten lots of other shout-outs through messages and things like that. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash clappedoutmoto and buy us a coffee. Remember, if you buy us a thousand dollars worth of coffee we will buy a coleman mini bike and put a predator motor in it and jump it over not a small ass fire but a big ass fire that is guaranteed <laughs> we're on most of the major podcast platforms what you're listening to now obviously but also apple music spotify google podcasts and a lot more we love those listener questions and comments so you can shoot us an email at clappedmoto at gmail.com or hit us up on the instagram at clapped out pod so yeah thanks again for tuning in to another episode and we'll talk to you next week bye see ya Subtle <laughs> <laughs> the duration of the podcast. <laughs>